Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Tour Report Podcast, episode 110. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today to talk to you about video games. Uh, I've been playing Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, as I think a lot of people uh, have or or have already done. Uh, it's not a very long game. Uh, uh, Metroidvania Castlevanias typically aren't. Um, so I think a lot of people have kind of finished up with it and have kind of moved on already. <laughs> but uh, I'm still still slowly working my way through it. I played it the first the, the week after it came out for only about three hours. And then uh, this week got really busy, so I didn't actually get to play it again until this weekend. So uh, part of the reason why I'm recording the podcast so late in the weekend, because I wanted to play more Bloodstained. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's, it's definitely... Um, you know, in terms of the people who funded uh, Castle or uh, Bloodstain, I think they're probably very happy overall with the the design of the game at the very least. There definitely are some technical hiccups that people seem to be kind of stuck on. I'm playing the PlayStation 4 version, and the game does hitch f- fairly often. I get some occasional like te- text uh, box bugs where like occasionally words won't appear, and then sometimes I've found where like I'll fall in water and since I don't have like a swimming skill yet I just kind of get stuck floating and like the jump command won't be available so you just get kind of stuck in the water um I found that either getting hit will help you will make it so you can jump again or if there's nothing to hit you uh like doing the the temporary save suspend uh will let you out of there but there's definitely technical issues around the game but overall the game design is very uh you know traditional Igarashi uh, Metroidvania, you know, you're, you're exploring this castle and, uh, you get different skills and stuff that kind of let you go between different rooms and open up new paths to the castle. And those new paths have new things that drop and things like that. Um, so it is very much in that style of the, you know, uh, Synth of the Night, Game Boy Advance and Nintendo DS Castlevania games. Uh, in, in a lot of ways, it feels like a game that could have very easily, you know, released in like 2010 after Order of Ecclesia uh, uh, came out or something and and been like, okay, we're finally bringing Castlevania to the consoles kind of thing. Uh, but with, you know, some, <laughs> it definitely doesn't feel like a, a AAA polished product at the end of the day. It definitely feels like they're still trying to clean stuff up, but that's, that's a lot of video games these days. So, so, but yeah, overall, I think if you're like a big, like Metroidvania, Castlevania fan, it, it, it's very satisfying in that regard. It feels right. It feels like those games should. And um, I wish I could have more say, to say about that aspect of the game. Um, but it really just feels like a continuation of that in a lot of ways. I don't really feel like they built upon Order of Ecclesia in any real like major way. The biggest thing is that they kind of... So if you don't know, Order of Ecclesia kind of has souls in it where like you can basically absorb um, these skills... Uh, that are not really skills, but they're almost like weapons in Order of Ecclesia. So you absorb these 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 glyphs that become weapons and things like that. Um, and then so what what Bloodstained is is basically more of the Area Sorrow mo- model, where killing enemies will give you souls, and these souls will have skills based off that enemy kind of thing. So so unlike Order of Ecclesia, which has a fairly limited set of glyphs. Um, um, Bloodstained and, and is a lot more like Area of Sorrow, where like every enemy has some kind of soul that drops and has some kind of skill that kind of falls within a a similar set of other skills. So there's definitely ones where it's like, oh, this one you hold the analog stick and you throw a bone or whatever. But then there's also ones that you're like, oh, you throw a fireball. You just basically throw these skills. So it definitely kind of goes back to that. And I, I really, when it comes to the actual character development, um, and like what you get as the player, 
Uh, I don't really notice anything that really stands out to me. It, it definitely feels like it's it just kind of expanded the soul system from Area of Sorrow, gave you additional souls that go in additional slots with different functionalities, like the ability to, um, you know, move the analog stick around and like kind of shoot. Uh, you know, with a, like, in all three, 360 degrees around the player, you can kind of aim and shoot things. Um, but overall, um, those, those skills, you know, they're useful, um, but, but they kind of, they, they don't really stand out as anything amazing as, as far as I've done so far. It's pretty much just point and shoot. And that's cool. I think that's like, you know, Part of the problem I have with Super Castlevania 4 on the Super Nintendo is where you can basically, you know, swing the whip in all eight directions. It kind of trivializes some of the platforming combat aspects of the game where, you know, you need to kind of like jump around to hit enemies and stuff um, with certain weapons. And like whatever weapon you're using kind of changes how you maneuver around an enemy and things like that. So in Castlevania 4, it's pretty much just, oh, I just can swing the whip at somebody at a dirt angle and destroy them <laughs> uh, if they're like a platform above me or something like that. Um, and Bloodstained, I was worried, we might trivialize some of those kind of interactions where you do have to kind of like figure out the best way to approach an enemy versus just, you know, walking up to them and smacking them. Um, and uh, to some extent, the, the analog stick movement uh, souls do, do does do that. Um, but the MP cost is typically high enough that you can't really rely on it. So it's kind of like a free hit more than it is like a, a skill you can rely on long-term kind of thing. Um, but overall, I would say that part of the game, like, like what, what Bloodstained is and is supposed to be, uh, hasn't really excited me that much. It's a very good one of those Metroidvania, Egovania style games. And I'm really curious to see what they do going forward. Um, but I think maybe what I've liked so much about the game, um, is just, uh, the kicks in the game. So, so basically, um, if you, if you're familiar with, with the, uh, Metroidvania Castlevanias, there's kind of like these kick actions you can do once you get like a double jump. So you can do like these, uh, downward kicks at enemies. And I think there have been, have been like weapons and stuff that augment those kicks in the past. Um, but I never found them to be, at least in my playthroughs, found them to be particularly, um, effective. Uh, in this game, what I found to be most effective is, uh, there's this soul called, I think it's Lilith or Lily, Lily or something like that. And you basically transform into a bunny girl who can, uh, do a bunch of melee kick stuff and it barely costs them any MP. It's, it's kind of crazy. And, uh, the damage output of it, at least for the majority of the game for me, uh, is significantly higher than most of the other weapons in the game. Or, or if you if you're using a weapon that does do the same amount of damage, typically the weapon's a lot slower than these kick attacks this bunny soul uses. So what I've pretty much done the entire game <laughs> at this point is um, I, I enter a room, I change into the, the the bunny girl, and then just jump kick everyone in the room like crazy. And it's created this very strange flow to me where it's like. Pretty much the entire game is about jumping above an enemy, trying to find the right angle to start smashing into them over and over again, and just like beating away at them like a woodpecker as much as possible. <laughs> and and um, I don't know if this is intended, but when you do a, a sidekick in the game, you're like so you basically are jumping the air and then dropping down with the kick. When you do a sidekick, um, typically in the older Castlevanias, uh, you'd have this like momentum or point in time where your momentum would 
kind of stop you like hit the ground and you'd slide and you couldn't really do anything and that is in bloodstained but i think there's some kind of input you can put in i don't know if it's intended or not um but it's some kind of input you can put in to basically cancel that landing uh lag and essentially put you back in a neutral stance so you're able to essentially jump again immediately then do another sidekick um so that's how i've been traversing most of the castle well even outside of combat (laughs) is just constantly sidekicking through the entire environment (laughs) and and you know i haven't i know there's like the um the panther soul from from area of sorrow uh that my friend told me is in there as well which helps you know you move uh pretty quickly um I know that is in this game, um, but I have not found it yet. So, so this has been my form of movement. <laughs> um, uh, but it's been pretty fun because 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 I've found that movement. It, it definitely feels very unique compared to the other Castlevania games because I'm pretty much spending the entire game like like basically shooting downwards at angles everywhere I can and every combat encounter is about how I get on top of the enemy and how can I just like smash into their head over and over and over again (laughs) and it's kind of cheap once you find like the right spot for it and because the damage output is so high on it um I, I I have pretty much burned through almost every boss fight with with little to no damage or maybe I lose like half my health but not having to use any potions or anything. The one exception is I did find like I guess it's like an Easter egg dungeon kind of thing. Um which I I it was it was it's cute. It was cute. Um but it it didn't really um I say I'd say the design of that dungeon is just kind of bleh. And uh, I think the boss is also kind of bleh. But the um, overall, though, it, 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 it was probably one of the more challenging boss fights in the game um, due to how, like, the patterns are. And, like, I really couldn't get the bunny girl to, like, sit there and smash on, on the thing's head over and over and over again. Um, but, yeah, it was a cute side dungeon, but it wasn't anything that I, like, particularly jumped out at me. Um, overall, I mean, I wish there was something I could say about the game as a whole that really really stands out to me but uh you know i i i i and this is i guess the problem i was expecting with this game is that at some point it just kind of looks like somebody said all right time to make another castlevania metroidvania game which is exactly what people funded and wanted um but it's not what i wanted (laughs) um you know i i wrote an article and i'll I'll link it um in the in the show notes but i wrote an article a while ago kind of about how the metroidvania castlevania became this very stagnant thing um, between like 2001 and 2008, um, there's like six games in the course of seven years, basically. And they were very, um, you know, there are things I appreciate about the individual ones that make them very distinct and different, but I, I think they got stuck where they were just constantly on this super tight timeline and just having to reuse assets and reuse like the same stuff. And it's why I like Shaman King Master of Spirits so much. Um, because that game kind of not only takes that formula, but kind of reworks it, um, in, in a way that feels, um, that feels different without getting too far from what Castlevania was. Um, but in terms of like, you know, if somebody said, I've never played a Metroidvania before, where do I start? Um, you know, out, uh, once, once all the technical hiccups have been cleaned up with Bloodstained, uh, Ritual of the Night, I, I really don't have any problem recommending it to anyone. If anything, it's, it's definitely the most polished version of, of what it is. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, it's fun. Uh, I'm enjoying it. I guess that's, I guess that's the real thing. Video game. I'm enjoying it. 
<laughs> so, so yeah, I can't complain too much. But uh, I really hope that if they if they keep going forward with more Bloodstained games, um, I I really hope they um they start looking at how to distance themselves from Area of Sorrow specifically. I think Area of Sorrow is a really top-notch game, and unfortunately, it's been long enough from those Castlevania games where I don't know if I could sit there and tell you why I think overall Area of Sorrow might be a better game than Blessed Sage of the Night, but I'd have to actually probably sit down and, and play through Area of Sorrow again and see if I truly feel that or if just the impact Area of Sorrow had uh, puts it above Bloodstained for me. Because I feel like I feel like Area of Sorrow, you know, introducing the soul system and everything, um, at least, you know, that that gave a lot of weight to that game from the, the franchise perspective. I don't know if any of this is making sense. But it's okay. <laughs> I think Bloodstained overall is probably the better game, um, but it just maybe doesn't move the needle as far as I would I would like it to. So, yeah, and that's kind of all I've been playing this week. Um, you know, I, I, I it was a very busy week for me. Um, I was working on the Castlevania sixty four video. So if you don't know, uh, the next Castlevania six or next video is Castlevania sixty four. It's coming out tomorrow. If you're listening to this on Monday, um, so please look forward to that. I am going to try to spread that video around, I think, more than our, than usual, because I do know some people who like Castlevania 64, and I, I kind of want to, like, I can think of five people on my head that I'm like, I, for so long, I've been like, oh, I also love this game, please. <laughs> I don't know, maybe I just want to share and be like, look, I finally made something that says I love this game so much. <laughs> um, I have in the past written a review for Castlevania 64, but it's been so long, I really don't know. I think like I think I wrote one in like 2009 or something like that, and I don't want to look at it. Eventually, I'll have to relook at it when I'm like cleaning stuff up for the website, but I'm sure it's probably nothing amazing. Um, so yeah, and then also I did a uh, Metroid Prime Federation Force Quick Play. So, so that's coming up. Uh, I didn't, I really, I didn't get a chance to really talk about it, I think, um, because there's a lot of stuff that was happening between doing the stuff with Rowan and then E3, and then I, I was, you know, kind of wrapping up my thoughts on Final Fantasy 15, things like that. Um, 2DS or 3DS and 2DS hacking is kind of a, kind of this weird process. It, it feels almost like black magic at some point where you're going through this whole thing and you're like having to like essentially you have this code that's like specific to your system and you have to have somebody else's pc or or if you have a good enough pc one of those pcs to sit there and crack that code essentially and you have to like add somebody to your friends list who's like off into like you don't know who they are it's just like some random person to your friends list and then you open up flip flipnote studio the japanese version of flipnote studio and there's just a bunch of pictures that are just like a bunch of static and you have to copy and move these pictures over between different frames and stuff and it's like i feel like i'm summoning the devil or something <laughs> it's like what is happening there's like these weird smiley faces and stuff on the icons which i think i'm pretty sure is somebody just being cute but in the context of 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 what you're doing through that process just like am i am i dying tonight <laughs> so so yeah but uh but i was able to get through that and um i tried to do a nintendo 3ds xl or a nintendo 3ds xl i tried to do a 3ds stream uh last last week um unfortunately um, because of how the streaming works. So, so basically how the reason I, I hacked my 3DS in the first place, um, is, um, capturing from Nintendo 3DS is not easy. 
Um, and so there were capture cards that you could modify your system with, but that company's out of business. And there's another guy, I think named Loopy or something like that. Um, and he or she, I don't know their, their gender preference. Um, they, um, basically mod original 3DSs, I believe, but not 3DS XLs or a new, new 3DSs. So, so there's some things that you can't necessarily like make use of or, or play. Um, so what this does is, um, basically it sets up a stream of the video from your 3DS that goes through your router to your PC and the frame rate of it is uh, not amazing. Um, usually, it it varies drastically between anywhere between like thirty to to forty five frames. I find on my side, but as soon as I started streaming with it, because I'm 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 streaming this footage from my my 3ds to my router to my PC, and then trying to stream that out to the internet, uh, the frame rate dropped to about. 20 15 to 20 frames and i you know nintendo 64 games are things um but nintendo 3ds games are not nintendo 64 games (laughs) um so so unfortunately i didn't really find it to be um uh suitable uh for streaming so so we won't be doing any 3ds streams until i find either some other solution or can work out how to actually um um find a way to improve that 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 stream quality but but you know it, again it's not perfect but i do feel comfortable with what i can do offline um so so the metro prime federation force quick play um is going to be using that stream thing so if you're curious to see how that looks running um go watch the quick play for federation force again it gets chunky at times it's just kind of the nature of of the 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 technology or the uh you know the setup that i'm working with because there's not really a great other than shoving a camera into my 3ds like and having some really weird stilted setup or or trying to find some some uh, capture card on the aftermarket or or getting another 3ds entirely i went with the two i, I did buy a new 2ds for this because i didn't want to get my um old old 3ds account banned so i'm just working with a adi- additional account um but uh until that gets working uh, we're gonna be working with this kind of not as great setup um the nice thing is if i do do um, you know, more traditional review videos, I can kind of, you know, pick footage, uh, as, as it seems appropriate. Um, but you know, I'll always say on these videos as much as possible, be like, Hey, you know, visual quality wise, this isn't going to be representative of how the game's running. This is just the nature of the capture. Um, so, so that's something I'm, I'm doing there. Um, but I, I really want to play, and this is part of the reason why I also hack my Wii U is I really want to, look at more DS and, and 3DS games. It's just the nature of capturing that stuff, unfortunately, is not great. It's not like the Game Boy or, or PSP or PlayStation Vita where there's a official way to, to do video to a TV with those. The 3DS doesn't have anything like that, unfortunately. So, so yeah. I think the program's called like NTR Viewer or KitKat or something like that. So, so if you have any interest, you can definitely look into that. Um, I think the thing with hacking a console is that it always looks more scary than it actually is. Um, you know, it is a process. Uh, I, it, it took me a good chunk of one night to, to get it all figured out. 
Um, so it's not as easy, you might think. But I think with the 3DS in particular, um, you know, even on most recent firmware, I think it's pretty doable uh, to, to, to do it. So I always get scared after that point, though. Like, <laughs> like I have a lot of games that are, like, prompting. It's like, hey, you should update your, your system software. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> I don't know if I want to go on the Internet and start grabbing some data for the system. So if I don't have to update, I won't. Um, but, but I'll have to maybe do some research once we get to games that are, I can't, you know, properly, uh, uh, play them, um, without updating them. Although I did, um, I did try to see, kind of see what save files came over because some save files are system specific. Other ones are on the actual cartridge. So like, uh, Kid Icarus, Metroid Prime, Federation Force, when I moved this, my, regular 3DS to my 2DS because I have physical cartridges for these games. Um, the save files did come over for those, but like when I did Animal Crossing, that's on the system data, and so that did not come over. So if I want to do anything around Animal Crossing New Leaf, I'd have to basically start over. Um, same thing with Monster Hunter uh, Stories, but uh, Monster Hunter Stories I don't mind so much because I got like 10 hours into that game. Like, I love this game, um, but I just don't have time for it. And unfortunately games that I can capture and do content around get more priority than games that I can't do anything with other than just like writing and you know even worse with 3ds and ds is like I can't grab screenshots I have to use whatever official screenshots are out there and things like that and I, I never like doing that if I don't have to although Monster Hunter Stories does have a Android version that runs in HD and everything the only problem being is it doesn't have gamepad support as far as I can tell so so I was like ah I want to I want to play this but uh but I want to use the controller too so I might just stick to the 3ds one thankfully that game looks really good even on 3ds so so you know it's just when you start blowing it up it starts to be a problem um i don't really know how i'm gonna handle going forward like showing both the bottom and the top screen i think i'm gonna probably try to stick both of them on screen as much as possible unless for a game it just doesn't really make any sense uh but i think it'll just make the editing of videos easier just to do that rather than sit there and switch between different formats uh while i'm capturing or something like that so so yeah I had some news here, but we're already at 22 minutes. I'm just going to skip through these real quick. Uh, they're pretty short news stories. Uh, I believe this is called the Super 64. It's like a uh, HDMI adapter for the Nintendo 64. It looks pretty cool. Um, the, the biggest thing is that, um, you know, Nintendo 64 games kind of look grungy um, just by their nature. <laughs> um, uh, there's a lot of things you can go online and read about, like, why 64 games kind of look like how they, how they do, and there's actually some interesting, uh, things people have been messing with in terms of, like, you know, using an action replay to, to turn off smoothing and things like that, um, or anti-aliasing or something like that, um, but yeah, this is basically like a, a little adapter that basically does a HDMI connection to the the TV, and then I think it I think it does line doubling, so it's a 480p signal is what it is. Um, I don't have any real use for it because I have a Frame Meister, or at least as far as I, it, from what I understand of what I could use it for, that's the case. There is an interesting thing on there where you can like turn on smoothing to help like kind of blur blur the lines. I'm not a huge fan of smoothing most of the time. Um, specifically for pixel art games though. I, I don't know how I feel about it for 3D games as much. Um, I haven't really played a lot of, I think, so I have played PS1 games with like 3D graphics and stuff. And, and if you play PS1 games on PS3, you can kind of turn smoothing on and off. And I kind of like smoothing off in those cases because you get, you do get like the clean pixels and everything like that as well, even though it's not quite the same as like, you know, nice looking 2d sprite work um uh, a lot of 
3D, a lot, a lot of textures in 3D get lost behind resolution um, when you're running a game at like 240p or something like that. And that's just kind of the nature of it, unless you actually bump up the resolution of what you're running the game at. Um, but I feel like Nintendo 64 games in particular just kind of have a look to them that... <laughs> <laughs> that that at times can't isn't great depending on the game Castlevania 64 not excluded um and so I sometimes wonder if some kind of like extra smoothing might help with those games um but uh yeah I don't know if I'll actually I, I doubt I'll ever pick it up it's actually like a hundred and something bucks I think so probably won't ever pick it up but but it's cool that it's out there and then also the other news story I saw is that Yokai Watch 4 sales were kind of like half of what Yokai Watch 3 sales are so I'll be kind of curious to see how that game does overall I'm really hoping Yokai Watch 4 gets localized sooner rather than later it took forever for the Yokai Watch 2 and 3 to get come out over here so <laughs> I I just don't want to wait another two three years for Yokai Watch 4 to come out on Switch in America I hope they catch up and and get that out but We'll see if I ever play Yokai Watch 3. I have it now. Thank you, Anthony. I still have it. <laughs> um, but when when I'll play it is the next question. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, otherwise, I guess that's it for this week. Thanks for coming. Like I said, Castlevania 64 video coming out on Tuesday this week. Also, the uh, Metroid Prime Federation Force video, uh, our quick play, is coming up on Wednesday. Um, and then Thursday, we're going to be continuing... Uh, well... Last week, because I couldn't do any 3DS streaming stuff, I basically just jumped right into doing Mega Man X3. So I, uh, last, if you look at the stream for last week, you can watch me play Mega Man X3 for like two and a half hours. I actually got through the stages a lot faster than I thought I would. I, I, I thought maybe the game was easier, but I asked my friend, who's a, is a pretty big fan of the Mega Man X series, and he said that he thinks 3 is harder between 1 and 2, 1, 2, and 3. I've only played X1, 2, 3, 1, 2, and 3. Um, and he said he thinks 3 is harder, but he also thinks the Mega Man X games aren't hard. So so maybe maybe it's just that by by the nature what they are. And, uh, and you know, part of what makes Mega Man X easier is that you can collect power-ups and stuff um, to kind of buff up your character in ways you can't really do in the original Mega Man series. You can get, like, more health and stuff like that and, and like, additional abilities and charge skills. So so it could just be the nature of the game. So, so we'll see. I, I would expect maybe, like, another another two streams possibly depending on on how the back half of that game goes maybe i'll blow through it real quick but uh i'd expect at least next week will be a full set of another Mega Man x2 streaming uh that's thursday night at seven o'clock pacific time i need to keep remembering to tell you the time <laughs> um but otherwise that's gonna be it thanks for coming one controller is the website and i hope you have a great week bye <laughs>